Welcome to the Caterham Independent In The Spotlight podcast. To find out more, go to caterhamindependent.com. Your community, your news, your paper. I'm Louise de Costa and I'm here this afternoon at Rokewood Court Care Home, which is a retirement home in Kenley. Rokewood is a luxury care home which is a part of the exclusive cinnamon care collection of retirement developments. We're talking to Thomasina, their registered manager, and Jackie, the Home Admissions Advisor. So, so firstly, right, what I want to talk to you about is Rokewood. So Rokewood is a luxury care home, which is a part of this exclusive cinnamon care collection of retirement developments. So can you tell me a little bit about when did the idea come about to have one of the homes within, to built within Kenley? Um, and and is, was that a few years ago? Did that... Yeah, we, there was an opportunity as a growing care provider in the UK. Um, Cinnamon were looking at land to purchase across the country um, from Newcastle down to Newquay. Um, their, um, their land team came across the opportunity to buy a piece of land in the Kenley area, which was originally a, a rest home. Um, so it was called Ingleside Care Home. So, um, and so, and it was owned by a doctor, a Dr Sturgis, um, who lived on site, brought his children up, and who is still a doctor to his son, is now a doctor, and his grandson manages a very small care home in the area. So we purchased the land from Ingleside. Lovely story, I didn't know that. Well, it's quite nice to be able to continue with that a great care which the Ingleside which was renowned for um, so our passion and aim is to continue the excellent reputation in the community as, as Ingleside had um, but the name Rokewood came about because um, we went into a local comp- school competition and a young lad actually named the home so yes, so again, getting the community involved with the actual build itself. Do you know which school that was? Jackie? Yes, it was. It was the Harris Academy in Kenley. Oh, yes, so a very local school. So we took part. The competition was around a year and a half ago now, and uh, yes, so we the competition was run by a local lad, and uh, hence the name Rokewood Court. He decided to call it Rokewood Court because we had lots of entries. We had quite a few come back to us. And his reason for calling it Rokewood Court was because it was on Roke Road, but he said that it was in its own little woodland because we've got all these lovely old um, trees, protected trees, and, and so it looks like... I mean, you don't see it as, until you come up to it and then it just opens up. It's hidden in its own little woodland area, so it's really, it was mm. really nice. Good choice of name. Well, that's lovely. And how old was he? How old is he? We believe he was nine or ten years oh, old. Yeah, yeah. Primary, yeah. primary yeah. school. Story. Yeah, that's yes. great. And so that, that, that was last year, um, yes. and then development began, and, and you finished the home was ready beginning of this year was it just about yeah. officially open this coming monday the 26th of october so that's why the outside of gardeners buzzing around 
trying to plant all the put all the plants in before the official open, which is Monday. Our first resident moves in on Monday. Oh, lovely. So you've got. Um, do you have anything to mark that occasion? Are you doing anything under the current situation? Well, I, I think for us as a, a provider for care in the community, it's very difficult to do something in a big way. We've just done a very um, informal kind of a, a, a ribbon cutting yeah. ceremony with our own team in their new uniform, and that will go across um, social media, and hopefully some of the you guys or local press will pick that up as a story as well so it's all been very low low, low key really but um but there's a rumble in the jungle that Rokewood's going to arrive next week well that's good no that's and so Rokewood is a luxury care home why would you say luxury tell talk to me about some of the some of the facilities some of the opportunities for residents here I mean you're here you can see aesthetically it's absolutely beautiful as soon as you walk in you get the wow factor it is luxurious so that and the environment that, that our residents live in it's important for them to have that lovely luxurious environment However, that's, that's just a snippet of it. What we mean by luxury care, we mean, we mean everything from, from, from dining experience, from the environment dining experience, the activities that are on offer, and, and also the care. Most importantly, the care. It's very dignified, it's discreet, um, and, and, it's, and it's about maintaining people's choices in a person-centred way. So the forefront of any care provider when they build a brand new home like Rokewood Court is the care. Yeah. So from our perspective, we don't really care how many beautiful sand chandeliers we've got hanging from the ceiling. If the care's not right, it ain't right. So that's where our focus is in, on the key staff that we've recruited and cherry-picked from a large selection of people that have called us from all around the air within about a 10-mile radius. And that's enabled Thomasina and her senior team to recruit the best of the best in terms of care. That's lovely. That's really great. And, you know, with the care, the carers themselves, we find that those, those little golden nuggets you find along the way when you're recruiting are those men and women that have actually cared for their nana or their grandpa or mum or dad and have actually walked in the shoes of a carer in their own environment because that's that's innate that's built within you can't buy that anywhere and they are they are our golden nuggets and we've been extremely lucky we've got a few golden nuggets on boarding with that with that background it's not always about the qualifications it's about the experience and having that life experience it means that you can care in a empathetic way in an understanding way you can bring yourself to somebody's um you know put put yourself in somebody's um, position and and think how would i feel what would i what would i want from 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 me as a carer um you know in this environment in luxury care what would i expect and we ask that question at interview as well we ask them what do you expect what would you expect as a resident from from rokewood court and it's really important that question we you know the answer that we receive is really important and oh, that's lovely. Lovely to hear. And and with the number of the number of residents here, how many can you have? What's the capacity? Right. So so when we when we pre-opening of, of Rokewood, we really looked at actually the uh, the community links um, and how we can get uh, accepted because sometimes you've got to be accepted in a community. And one of our um, one of our main external links is the Kenley Aerodrome. And we had one of the uh, secretaries for the Kenny Aerodrome 
come to meet us and we had a big conversation around the importance of excellent care, etc. Um, and we decided to actually name areas of the home that's linked to famous pilots that used to fly their Spitfires out the, uh, in World War Two. So today, this afternoon, we're sitting in the cafe and conveniently named the uh, Lancaster Cafe. So we don't say floors or units or walls. That's too institutional in our minds. Absolutely. They're communities, because that's where our residents are going to live, in a little community. So on the ground floor community is named Douglas Barder. The second floor, first floor community is Amy Johnson, because we didn't want to be sexist. That's Amy Johnson. (laughs) And she, as you know, she was lost um, at sea on a flight over to France. And she used to fly out the Croydon Aerodrome. I didn't realise yeah, upon and on our second floor is our truly amazing dementia community called Stanley Frenimores. And Stanley was a 23-year-old pilot that was shot down, down, I believe, down by the Gotham Road there. And he was 23 from Liverpool, and he was flying his Spitfire out of uh, Kenley. And so we thought we would get to show our respect to Stanley, and so we've got Stanley's up on the second floor, which is our specific dementia community that will be opening up in the new year. Right, so there's a lot of research that's gone into, you know, into opening before, into the setup, into the way it's going to be, the different rooms, the names, the areas. So, yeah, that's lovely. I mean, it's really important to us that when Jackie's talking about the community, the local community, it's about mm. gaining the history from the locality and, and, and bringing that into Rokewood just as much as we want to be part of the community. So, it's bringing part of it to Rokewood, and then we can, then, you know, once of restrictions we can be more and more involved within the community and the local charities as well that yeah are, i mean it was amazing the other week we had reverend uh, elizabeth come to visit her uh, visit us here and we were talking about um loneliness and isolation which is the biggie for us all in this country and we came up with a fantastic idea that um once we got now our residents start to move in that we're going to make christmas gift boxes and with the Reverend's permission, um, we'll get on the minibus and she's going to tell us and give permission from, obviously, uh, her, the, the community and parish um, for, that, for us to go to the homes and drop off some Christmas cards, Christmas cake and, so, and a Christmas present as well for those, for those elderly people that are on their own and are, are petrified to leave the house even to go to a church service. And in return, the Reverend we were able to do a Zoom church service here at the home oh, that's lovely. so for those residents that want it they can join in and it doesn't have to be every sunday it can be any day of the week so perhaps um that's really really lovely i mean so, so leading up to christmas perhaps carol singers you could do that uh, yeah you, you can do, do that at, yeah it's, you've just got to be a bit creative yeah, with this you know you can't you know but, but you've got to be creative for, for what people want otherwise you're never going to eliminate that that fear Yes. So and that's what we're we, as a home we, we what we are doing with an amazing team to, to yeah. support us because it's about the team not just about one person here. Uh, I mean under uh, under Rokewood's roof we've got a vast amount of knowledge um, and uh, you know and we're there for the local community you know we're saying we can't be actively part and join these in you know uh, in, in with the charities face to face at the moment but what we can do is look at the the people that are lonely in the in the local community and help where we can um and our doors are always open uh, we're at the, at the end of the phone um for for offering advice 
in, in all areas of care, um, with dementia care. So, you know, it's another service that we, we can offer the local community. We're not just here for a, as a home. Right. So yeah, we're here as a service as well. And the... Um, so... So you mentioned there being a helpline, or, or as in people can just call contact. Yeah, it, it's it, just informal chat. They can it's just chat, support yes. to signpost, you know. I mean, with the wealth of knowledge that we have, and being myself in care for just under 20 years, and Thomasine and I worked together in a previous life, and uh, oh. so we know how each other tick, and that's really, really important. <laughs> and uh, and and we have, I have the knowledge of contacts in the local area, and if there's any dementia helpline support etc um, we can signpost, signpost people absolutely. if they need it and obviously this year has been so difficult with mental health mm. um, I know it is in general but it's more so it's come to light as a result of Covid as a result of isolation people being stuck you know, and not having anyone to whether it be just see a smiley face just see each other or even whether it be going doing some shopping and just stopping by and saying hello I know the Westway Centre up in Coachman on the Hill were offering some help and you know in terms of local residents being able to have that community around them and to be able to embrace the community and also get out to the shops do you have so do you have um do you have carers that go and spend time with the residents? They'll talk to them. How will it, how does that work? Do, do they or are they able to go out and about and just get out into the community? Is there a mini bus? Okay, so so going back onto the facilities in the home, and also when someone moves in, we have to adhere to the government guidelines, yes. Yes. and we are doing that. Um, we're being very supportive with that. And Thomasina's introducer, she'll tell you about that in a moment. But when the, the residents move into the home, they have to stay within their bubble. Um, for a 14 day period and that's in any care environment however they're not on their own and this is the thing that, that we, we this is what families out there may think care homes are just isolating the residents where rogue court are not we're putting things in place to enable uh, the reduction of isolation um, and so things like uh, the minibus the minibus, you're in your own bubble in the Rokewood Court. We, the minibus can be used daily just to just to get out and have a drive around. You don't necessarily have to get out and walk around a shopping centre. That's something we wouldn't do. But actually for residents to get out and actually see the world out there and see what's going on is really, really important for their well-being. And do they do that? On, they can do that on a daily basis, as and when they would like to. As and when they'd like to. This is about the person. So we're responsive to the person and their needs, wants, and wishes. So that's really important. So, um, and we're really lucky that we've co- we're surrounded by green and open spaces. You can't get more, uh, I, you know, social distancing than than out in the out in the um, local nature. So. What when the, the period Jackie was talking about when when somebody comes in from um, first moves into Rokewood, we'll have a fourteen day period of a wellbeing program in place. So um, to a point where we get to know that person and likes and their dislikes, etc., and um, create a wellbeing program for them where it's a whole home approach. So you'll have. Um, you know, it could be someone was really into carpentry and the maintenance guy will come in and have a conversation. We've got all our skills and abilities and, our, you know, we've got... Yeah, so what we've, we've collated the skills and experience from all our team. And so we know 
exactly what they're into and it's about matching those skills and experiences and collating that into our wellbeing program uh, with our residents so there'll be times in the day um, um, well obviously they're having assistance with care but also throughout the day they'll be we'll be touching base with them quite often from each area and each department and different people and doing things that they like uh, with the people that have got common interest and that's really important and having discussions whether it's over a book that they're reading or read or, or an article that they want to discuss just having a chat and a cup of tea with them um playing a game of scrabble playing a game of cards whatever it there is that they're interested in and it's all about them and what they're interested in and that's and that's for a period of, of obviously the first 14 days it what it does is it ensures that our residents aren't socially isolated and we hear a lot about that um and and that's at the you know at the most that's at the forefront of our of our minds when it comes to delivering care it's about the overall well-being and socialization and it has a detrimental effect on the on the well-being of a resident so having a well-being program in place ensures that we you know that, that we're meeting the needs and, and having they're having those social interactions as well and this is an this is an individual wellbeing plan for every resident. They will have their own specific plan. So it's not as if it's a generic one because everyone's different, aren't they? Mm. Some people like to talk. Some people, you know, are maybe pretty social social butterflies, and some are not. But also, a lot of the families I speak to or that call me just say, "Oh, can I see? Can I come visit my mum?" And they and because of the unfortunately, a lot of the bad press out there is that once you're in a care home that's it lockdown you can't yeah that's, that's not true i just really need to share that with you it is not true and we have to be creative to eliminate those fears with the families so we've done that so we've dedicated um uh, a visiting room here um which is um so families can come in they they arrange an appointment to come in they have to go through the protocol um, they have to wear PPE and we will show them around to the room and then we'll bring their loved one to them and they can visit them, of course they can. We wouldn't stop no, that. That's the worst thing to do is to stop visits. Yeah. You know, you've also, again, you can use social media, you can use um, face time. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you. And, uh, and also, you know, WhatsApp video. I mean, we've got a lady moving in, her daughter lives in Australia. I mean, she likes to talk to her once a week. We've arranged it for twice a week at the times that suit the daughter. And it's just about understanding what that lady needs to help her not feel isolated from the outside world. That's so important. It's massively so important. important. You know, so you're not moving yeah. into a care home to be isolated. You're moving into a care home because you cannot cope in your own home anymore and we're supporting you on that journey to 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 improve your well-being and and your happiness at living in living in Rokewood. so jackie tell me a little bit about the cinema because i know that you offer lots of lots of activities lots of facilities and i've seen a sign that says cinema so on the wall yes that's right so we've got a 12 seater cinema it reminds a lot of people said it reminds them of the everyman cinema on oxted oh, i don't lovely. know if you've ever been That's there before my favorite. That's oh okay my favorite. I, I saw my first film there kylie minogue's delinquents oh wow, wow. all right years ago so so the the design is quite similar it's it's intimate um mm-hmm. it's uh, it's fantastic for those that may have sight issues as well because the screens are big um we can have subtitles as well for those that with the hearing issues as well so they can read the subtitles but 
you know, there's not going to be a timetable of what film is on at a certain time. It'll be rolling films or whatever films they want to, our residents want to watch. From the old cowboy John Wayne films to... And her... Yeah, the Wizard of Oz, the classics, my favourite. Yeah. Yes, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so those films are for our residents, so we won't tell them what film they're going to watch. We will ask them what they would like to watch. And they... Yeah, and they they, they could request. They could be. It could be three o'clock in the afternoon. They, you know, call call a care one of the care team and say, "I'd like to go and watch Wizard of Oz." Okay, no worries. Take them up. Put the Wizard of Oz. It's it, like Jackie's saying. There's no time scale. It's a we work around the resident. And that's it's what's a live important. cinema. They yes. call it. It's really nice. And then we had the private dining, um, the private dining room. Um, which will be used once this COVID has moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an opportunity for someone to have their own private celebration. And it sits next door to the Lancaster Cafe, next is, door. So, so is that with um, <coughs> fellow residents or is it with family? It can be done for, I'll give an example. Um, one of our residents that's moving is, is celebrating her 100th birthday. So ideally, it would have, the table would have been laid out for our nearest and dearest to actually have lunch and lunch experience there. What we're going to be doing is still celebrating our 100th birthday and using the pride of it dining with our existing residents that are in the home, mm-hmm. her and, and the care team and the staff. So to still help her but enjoy some her of, day. I think some of our residents naturally have, have lived lives of being, you know, the host and hosting parties mm. and d- dinner parties mm. and so we want to you know enable them to continue doing so mm. and have their own private area to do mm. to do that mm. so that's exactly what it's for yeah that's really lovely and about the cuisine how do you do they choose what they want or is there a certain menu on a weekly basis and also mm. with private dining can they select say they have celebrate a certain celebration they yes so let's just say mrs smith is celebrating her 80th birthday she will go into a conversation with head chef matthew and they will sit down together and they will discuss what they want on the menu for that that dinner um, experience so it's you're empowering the resident to be part of that um and uh, so yeah, yeah the, the meal that's cooked um is a meal just for the private party um, and, but in ge- generally throughout the whole home on every community they have their own dining room residents will have their own lounge um, and the dining experience would be a three course meal twice at lunch and dinner with a glass of wine or a beer or a sherry or whatever they wish um, the food is freshly cooked every day uh, I don't want to steal the chef's glory here in case yeah, he wants to say his bit Please do. He'd be much better than me. Very keen. You know what oh, chefs yeah. are like? They're very showy, aren't they? So he's, 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 he's got every right to to be very showy. Amazing. Actually, food it is amazing. Amazing. Honestly, do you I'm, get to as members of staff? Oh yes, we do. Fortunately, so. As I did the other day, it was absolutely amazing. Um, beautiful. And his second chef, Eddie, as well. They're just two of them. They're just so passionate Mm -hmm. about putting smiles on people's faces. And uh, nothing's too much. uh, Nothing's too much. We had a gentleman come in with his son the other day and had lunch, and we had to carry out an assessment here. And 
and Matthew really was sort of going through what lunch was consists of and mm-hmm. homemade soups followed by a beautiful lamb dinner. And the son said, "Oh, dad, dad's forgotten his manners. This gentleman's living with dementia, and um, he never says please or thank you." And then Dad sat there and looked at the chef and said, "That was excellent, boy." Thank you very much. And we all went, yes! <laughs> so he said, blimey, he must have really enjoyed that, Jackie. Yeah, he was yeah, really chuffed. It was lovely, <laughs> yeah, and the chef was just made up, you know. Oh, yeah, really nice. really nice. And with the assessment, so all the residents assessed before they... How does that work? So they would come into the home, visit with the team... No, so the assessments are done by the senior by the senior team, yeah. or myself. We'd go out and um, do a pre-admission assessment, and the admit this. The, I mean, we would we would have GP summaries. We would have knowledge of the medications, but it's being very person specific. It's about getting to know that person. There is the clinical aspect of it, but we want to know, uh, you know, about the person's life, their histories, their hobbies, their interests. If they read books, what what book do they like was their favorite author music specific music it the more we can get to know about someone from the beginning the you know it means that we can offer them that the experience that they would expect from from us right from the beginning and the care is catered directly for them in that person's specific way that's so so lovely it's, it's just to um to see how personal how, how tailored mm. it is to each of the residents, which I think mm. is so important. Mm. And that is because shared, that, that about you know, what we find out, from what I find out from when the phone first rings and I answer it, from what I find out, I share with Thomasina, and then when Thomasina and her seniors carry out the assessment, normally we like to go to the person's home, because mm. when you visit the person's home, you can see what environment that they're in. Yeah. You can get to understand them a bit more, and then you start to see the family photographs up, and then you can ask questions on who that person is because that's that's their family, that's their life, mm-hmm. and all those things will come with them. They can bring their favourite chair, all their fa- the favourite picture. Oh, on the we wall. encourage that. Absolutely, Absolutely encourage that. It's really mm-hmm. important that they have mm-hmm. familiar familiar objects pictures around them you know and and make it home from home it's it aids that sense of security and that overall feeling of you know that 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 warm feeling Mm. that that you have with having those familiar things around you Mm. those memories memories of of their earlier years or Mm. whatever they used to do when they were in their working life Mm. as well it's really important and some amazing stories i mean what we're being told are just We was with a lady yesterday doing an assessment who comes from another country and she was a nurse in Second World War and the stories mm. she was in That's what are, I, are just phenomenal. With tears to your eyes, I tell yeah. you. I, I, I may have mentioned to you, Jackie, so my mum used to own a nursing home, in a residential rest home in, in Oxted, in Limpsfield, and we, she had it for about well, 25 years, and so we used to go that my brother and I, growing up, would spend a lot of time there, and I'd spend a lot of time talking to the residents, whether it be playing Scrabble with the residents, whether it be watching the birds as they had their bird feeder up and and spotting the bird, you know, all kinds of things. And and you really have that bonding, and you really create that bonding with them, and it was so lovely to have that environment and and to be in that environment. So I, I know what you mean when you say... Sort of creating as well a, a, a rapport, really, or a, real, a, a close relationship with, with residents. And that kind of brings yeah. us kind of nicely onto food. Yeah. 
because <laughs> because um, a lot of our residents were fantastic um, mm. cooks and they had to cook whatever they were given when there was rations so they would create these amazing dishes and and some of our residents have got original recipes from world war ii and yeah yeah that they they actually got from their nanas or mums and and you know and we would encourage them to share with chef their recipes some they don't always share they like to keep this home family secret but actually sharing that information and if matthew could actually bake that cake or actually the resident bakes it with him it's that whole experience and it's really important that because you're living in the care home you're not going to take everything away from them and actually you're going to create something that they haven't done for many many years so so matthew tell me a little bit um a little bit about the the creations that you you have that you know that you make um, when any of the residents uh, give you a recipe, for example, are you able to do that? Is there anything yeah. specific you can tell me about? Um, well, I've done a, I've, in the past. I've done a lot of actual baking recipes for the res- of the residents. Um, they've given me their old so cookbooks and scrapbooks and asked me to create it. Um, we always look at preferences and stuff like that of the re- residents and what their personal favourites have been or childhood memories. Try and bring nostalgic experiences to them. Um, I'm fully I'm fully pastry trained. As well. I'm fully pastry trained as well, so that sort of gives me a good experience with a sort of broad horizon of what I can do. Um, yeah. And um, and what about um, so with dinners and things, dinners, lunches, breakfast? Do you try and have a variety? We put a big we put a big we put a big variety out. We do a four week cycle. Um, all the foods are freshly made in the house. All the pastries are freshly made in the house. So everything's home cooking, essentially, which is what the residents like. You know, give them good nutritious diets. Um, try and give as much variety as possible. We try and offer things like uh, round-the-world experiences, say oh, once a month. And we bring sort of Thai food or we bring some fusion food, yeah. um, Chinese, Italian, French. Um, and then try and have a monthly food forum where the residents can actually get together and air their views on the month before's food, what they'd like to see coming in the following month. Oh, that's um, that, that it's all about empowering the residents really and getting what they want to eat not what I want to cook yeah. it's about what they want which is great so whether it, but if it's Wimbledon maybe some strawberries and awesome absolutely, or some mess or whatever it might be or, but it just, that's really lovely and, the, and theming the food for events yes. birthdays yeah. we produce birthday cakes home baked mm. birthday cakes to sort of say happy birthday to the residents mm. which they like um, private birthday menus they can bring families in have a private dining experience. That's, that's um, also so your team. You must have quite a few sous chefs then, aren't I've got a sous chef. And, yeah, and uh, and because there's so much, it must be really busy with um, with constantly with yeah. breakfast, lunch, dinner. But the fact that you tailor it and you tailor it specifically to what they want is absolutely great. that, which is their choice. Isn't actually, it? it's quite it's quite a nice feeling. It's it's good because you you're giving back. And actually, the, the enjoyment it gives the residents, it's, it's enjoyable for you. Yeah, it's rewarding. Yeah, it's rewarding. And um, and with regards to, and also with, with the foods that they choose, is there ever anything that you think, I'm not quite sure, or is there, what would be your favourite, actually, that you've made? Oh, just, just things like home-baked cakes, like Dundee yeah. cakes and lemon drizzle cakes, mm-hmm. but not using my recipes and actually taking some of their yes. recipes, like their mother's recipes, and then them saying, "Oh, it's just like how my mum used to make it." Well, yeah, and that's, that's what, and that's what really, yeah. and that's what really sort of, you know, gives you pride. Yeah. Well, because I've I've got things like my my mum will, will will write down how to make a I don't know prawn curry, for example, rubbish, 
and she'll, she'll write it down. And she'll, but to actually have people that residents that have recipes from years gone by, yeah. and you know the nostalgia there and the history there as well. Absolutely. And, and some of the, anything unique, anything or not I should say unique, but anything specifically um, that you found quite um, different to make. Um, well, no, I mean, I've, I've had lots of different residents with lots of different dietary requirements mm-hmm. as well. So lots of gluten freeze, oh, lactose intolerance. Um, so it's all about just tailoring it to yeah. fit to fit the clientele. Um, and nothing really amazing and unique that stands out. Um, yeah. A variety, though. Yeah, a wide variety. variety. And also, um, do you ever get to see the actual recipes? Like, as in, do you see absolutely. the writing in the actual book? I used to go and sit in some of the ladies' rooms, actually, in the last care home I was at, and I'd sit there and go through the recipes. Um, They're quite protective because it's a a personal treasure. They don't really want to let it go. But actually, uh, Cathy, in the last uh, home, she gave me a recipe, and we actually did some baking together in the activities room as well. Mm. She had Parkinson's, so it was very difficult for her to still uh, be able to do the stuff, but she was mentally sound, and she knew what she wanted and what what we were doing. Um, quite bossy actually oh really oh because so that's what I wanted as well to know that can um, they get involved with you in the kitchen can, can the um, residents come I know there's obviously probably, guidelines we'd more likely to take stuff home. outside and do it yeah, as an activity right. yep. i.e. make pizza dough or something with the residents mm-hmm. and then take it in to bake the pizza in the kitchen and bring out the finished product or we do cupcake making sessions mm-hmm. so they make the cupcakes we take it in the kitchen bake it and then bring it out and they can dress them up outside the kitchen just to do health no, and safety yeah of course absolutely like so each and of our dining rooms have actually got um, kitchenettes um, what we call serveries where we would serve during a dining a dining um, um, time um, but they've also got ovens so you know baking can be done in the communities directly in the communities in their own kitchen areas and we always put things like um, you know with, they've got microwaves as well, so soups and, and, and Matthew makes absolutely beautiful soups. But there'll be some there. So later on, if they fancy going to help themselves, then they can do so. So it's you know it's about making sure that those provisions are available for them. So they fancy some toast, some tea and toast in the afternoon, that they can go and do that themselves. Mm, and absolutely, that's, mm, and that's really important mm, yeah. because we're not here to take away. Um, the things that they would they, they would normally do at home, we're there to maintain that independence, and that's important. So the facilities in the home set up in order to do so. Absolutely, yeah, that's what I would have thought. The independence is so key, isn't it? And maintaining that for as much as you can, and and and, and supporting that as well. So. Um, I think it's amazing because I, I can't cook at all. I, mean, I just can't do it. So, and um, just out of interest, so, so you've been, so you've started up with with Rokewood, um, and here from from somewhere else in the area. Are you from the area? Uh, I'm actually from Aldershot. Oh, so um, not far. But I've, I've lived around here. Yeah, quite so a lot. you know the area. Yeah, my last role was a regional role looking after several uh, care companies. Um, I've done no, last, the last few years in, in care, but before that, I was sort of doing a lot more fine dining. Uh, work Michelin style pastry. I've been to Heston Blumenthal's kitchens. Oh, have you? Um, Tried to I've, get a booking there for years, yeah. ages. You I've had, I've had a, a wide, very wide range of experience, but actually, all of it's built built me. Into, uh, I've decided that care is where my heart is, and I'm very passionate about it. Uh, especially through seeing my grandparents in care homes and seeing bad food, um, that gave me the the want to go out and make people's lives better, and yes. yeah, make a difference. That's lovely, Matthew. Thank you. No, it's, it's great to great to listen to you. No, thank you.
body and and and, the, and thereafter you know it, it has a vicious circles then they, they feel um so they're not mobilizing as much this you know they're, they're stuck indoors then that that has a detrimental effect on on their on their muscles they don't regain from that it means they're not as independent not independent they can't do what they used to do previously and it comes back down to the depression, the mm. stress, and right. So there's one big vicious circle, and it's really, really important that every aspect of that is maintained in order to maintain that that well, that overall well-being. And that's what we aim to do here from mm. from the from a care perspective, um, and from a whole home approach. Yeah. That's that's Absolutely. the real that's that's the real aim. That's our goal for all our residents. I think ultimately, people think being old is an end stage it's the last chapter in your life well actually it's not it's a new chapter i'm gonna cry (laughs) sorry i told you i'm very passionate stop it (laughs) um it's not an end chapter it's a new chapter and that's what we want to deliver here a lifestyle in the way that that person wants to live their life and all we're here is to help that person do exactly that. Sorry? Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, Tracina. <laughs> Thank you. It's lovely to hear. Build it you live it, you breathe it. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, and it, it brings us nicely onto the, the lady. This is just one resident. I mean, every, I mean, we were, we were with another lady yesterday, and she's joining us in November. And I just... The, what she saw and experienced in the Second World War, we haven't got a clue what it's like, what life is like, you know. But the other lady, that her, her life is that when she was a young lady, she, she was a nurse and she was sent over to northern France and uh, she was working in a hospital um, where um, a couple of pilots were brought in and this particular pilot was flying his Spitfire back from Germany to UK and his Spitfire was shot down. And he, as his plane was coming over northern France, he could see there were woodlands and a big farm, and he desperately moved the Spitfire to go into, and it crashed into the woods. He was he was rescued, selfless, but um, selfless there, yeah. And he was rescued, taken straight to hospital. But he was a double double amputee; they removed both his legs. And the nurse. Um, that nursed him and cared for him while he was in that hospital. They got a, started a relationship, and she was told, Bessie, don't get involved with Spike, because he most probably will die in a couple of... He won't survive this. Anyway, they were married for over 60 years. And the family that owned the, the farm still own it to this day. Years on, when Spike and Bessie were back in the UK, and they've okayed me to share this, but... When they're back over in the UK, the family, the second or third generation, found where Spike lived via the French RAF and the British, and they got in contact with him, and they came over and actually to, to give him a, um, a, a, I don't know if it was a medal or a, a, fa- a massive thank you, because they said, Spike, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here today. You flew that plane away from our family. Otherwise, you would have made it would have made a beeline and just blown everyone. And they were so thankful. And that story and the photograph we've got of her wedding 
she's got this great big blooming head and she's bringing it in tomorrow the spikes in the wheelchair with no legs of his uniform really proud of his medals and you think oh god this lady's come and and he flew the spitfires which you can imagine what's going to be like on remembrance day to be able to put her in the minibus and take her up there because we're making our own wreath yeah you can imagine how she's going to feel to be able to go up there and look at the aerodromes think wow my husband used to fly for me I mean so are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to come and make everyone cry. <laughs> That's what's great about the podcast. Is, is that, yeah. Is that these stories and the humans getting yes, yes. yeah. And, yeah. It, and, it, and it's not just as we were sort of you know by doing this, it's it's sort of it's not about well it is about promoting a business, but at the same time it's about on the day to day what they're doing, why they're here, and how they can help the community. So and these are local yeah, stories. Absolutely. These are local this people. I've got another nurse yeah. we were doing assessment for yesterday, Lithuanian. She she was a nurse in Germany. She had to go for the Alps and in Austria. I mean, it's not what she said to us. She didn't want us to write it down, though, did she? No, no, we're not going to share details. But yeah. some details she will share. But her life. I mean, from a 17-year-old nurse, 17. Gosh. Yeah, you know, that that's... So for me, with well, for us, you know, for, for the podcast, what we want to do is create a library, a library of lots of different stories, whether it be local residents, whether it be local businesses. Um, we've got a few celebrities lined up. So, you know, connections with the area. So, and so that we've got all this material that, we can get it out to the community to find out, so people know. Because I, I've, I've always, I mean, I grew, I grew up in Chaldon. I went to school in Oxted. I've lived in Catrum and now I'm in Old Causton. But I didn't. There's so many stories about the area, and 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 especially, and I hate to say it, but especially if there is another lock, a, a full lockdown, and there's information, there's material that we can get out to the community. We can spread it through our socials channels, um, and which is which is really important, I think. And and I just think you having a local, having that local. So I'll just give you an example. I've got a, we just launched this work experience program for children, and so I've got um, doing a festive writing competition for years three to six of primary school. So they write about anything to do with. We don't say Christmas because some don't celebrate Christmas per se, but about anything festive writing. So so we're doing that at the moment. And then I've had lots of pre, um, sort of lower six, pre-university students that have contacted me in the area. They've been writing stories. And um, there's an, and there's another lady that's, another girl, I should say, she's only 16. And she's in, I set up for her to interview the um, local MP next week. Yeah, um, yeah. And she's so excited. Her parents just called me earlier. I get emotional now talking about this because I give... Them the opportunity to be able to do these sorts of things, yeah. you see. And I know, growing up for me, I that was my passion. But back then, there really wasn't much that you could do. And I did get the opportunity to write a few articles for the County Board of News, which was in Oxford, which has stopped now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So there isn't much in way of a newspaper, and that's why I'm so passionate about doing it. And 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 then obviously taking it to the next level with the social media side so anything that we can do to help if there is a resident or perhaps you've got when things are hopefully you know when things get better as well in terms of um if there's a party going on like a resident's birth, yeah. birthday party and they might like the family might like it you know to have to come along and take some photos mm. do a little feature in the paper we went to a home earlier on this year pre-covid and we took some photos where they were having um a little tea party and then we, we circulated the paper, obviously, afterwards. I dropped them off, and the lady at the care home manager contacted me and said, 
they were so excited to see themselves in the local paper, you know, yeah. to see themselves and to, you know, so it's things like that, you know, anything that we can do, I would okay. love to be able to. Well, one of our residents actually that, you know, that's moving in, they'd written their story, but they didn't get to a point of sharing it before they destroyed it because it was very, very close to them. So mm. having to do that again, and, and, and they'd actually said to her, to us, you know, maybe yeah. I should share it, maybe I should now. Well, her words were, who wants to listen? Oh. And we went... That's true. We do. She did say Who that. Who wants to listen to we about my, to. my life story? We, we want to. Yeah. So we maybe... We sat there all day listening to oh, her. Oh, God, yeah. We could have so, listened talking about it would might be a little bit easier than writing it down because Obviously. she did say nice there's so much moment. detail yeah. that that she can that she'd be able to relay from a first-hand experience during the war what was the disease typhoid typhoid and she had a nurse soldiers that had typhoid and she said you won't believe and she said what we're in this today she'd we'll be able to do that back in world war Two. this is nothing yeah, well, certainly it's, it's true. In the yeah. thought, wow. If, you, if there is someone who wants to, or likes yeah, to, you okay. think it feels right. Yeah, obviously. yeah, fine. Um, you think it's something that we can, you know... Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We can, Absolutely. Oh, I only live like five minutes away, so... Thank you, though. May I take your empty cups away? Oh, do you thank you. That's right, guys, thank you so much. So, just leaves me to say... Thank you very much, Jackie. Thank you, Thomasina. Thank you for your time today. And it's been it's been great to be able to visit, to be able to yes. see what it's like here. I've, I've looked at the place online, but it's nothing like actually walking through the doors. If you would like more details about care at Rokewood Court, please visit www.cinnamon.com forward slash Rokewood Court. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this Catrum Independent podcast, which was produced and edited by the House of Haller at thehouseofhaller.com. <laughs>